I've just got a couple of things I want to share with you tonight. I've asked the guys if they can just stay up and if they can play. It's really up to you if you want to sit down, if you want to stay standing. We're just going to look at a couple of things quickly from God's Word. Um, you know, I've asked them to play for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is that I think sometimes we think that this is, this is worship when we sing. And then we stop and we have like the talk or we have the offering or whatever it might be. But the reality is that it's all worship. It's all worship. It's our offering to God. It's what we give to Him. And, and, and to Jewish people, when they, when they heard the Word of God, that was, that was worship to them in, as much as anything else, as much as when they sung the Psalms. And so this is worship. So you know, if you've got your Bibles, just open them up to uh, this incredible crescendo moment in the Scriptures. This moment where the children of Israel, they've been led out of Egypt they have seen God move on their behalf in amazing, awesome ways. And then they find themselves in this moment. And this is like the kind of like the crescendo in a song, like, like the high note in oceans. This is like the, the moment when the, when the fat lady sings at the end of the opera, right? This is this incredible moment where God moves in a way that will leave them breathless that will leave them knowing for the rest of their lives that God is with them and He's for them. Now I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I just want to read this, this end bit and then we're going to go back and just pull out a couple of bits. But it says in verse 29 of chapter 14, But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Him and in Moses, His servant. Lord God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the reality of what Your Word says. We thank You, God, that Your Word gives us promises and that by these promises we can live like You, walk like You, talk like You. And God, we believe that You're moving us. You're moving us, Lord, into destiny. You're moving us from a place of where we just step out to a place where we step in. And God, we just pray that in the course of these next few moments, Lord, that You would speak to us about how we can step, not just out, but how we can step into what You have for us. In Jesus' Name. So I wanted to call that my, my talk tonight, I wanted to call it being in, out of your depth and in over your head. Out of your depth and in over your head. It's fascinating because God leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. And the Bible says that He could have taken them on this kind of like this fast track route into the promised land. But that's not what He does. He takes them to this place where basically they're hemmed in on every side. It's kind of like, it's kind of like God wants to set up an ambush for the enemy. It's like God wants to set up the enemy to prove His power and His might to the enemy in the first place. And so it says that He leads them to this place uh, this is in, 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 uh, in verse 2. It says that he leads them to a place near Pihaharoth, between Migdal and the sea, where they are to camp by the sea directly opposite Baal Sephon. It says, Pharaoh will think 
The Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. You know, it's really interesting. Um, we sang in that song that not one of God's words are idle. There's not one of His words that doesn't that He hasn't put there purposefully. And the names of these places are fascinating because that name Pihaharoth that basically means like the, the like the mouth of a cave or the mouth of a pit. Migdal means a stronghold. And then uh, it says that they're camped by the sea, but then to the, the to the side of them they have. Uh, the tower, ba- Baal Sephon, basically means the Lord of the North or the Lord of Darkness. It all sounds a little bit Lord of the Rings, doesn't it? They've got this like, they, they, they have nowhere to turn. Everywhere they look, they are trapped. Have you ever been in that place? Have you ever been in that place where it feels like everywhere I look, I'm trapped. If I look this way, I've got nowhere I can go. If I look this way, you know, have you ever been in those situations where you just think, God, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I don't know what I'm going to do about my my family situation. I don't know what I'm going to do, God, about this this financial issue that I'm facing. God, what am I going to do about this issue in in my life? This thing that keeps on pulling me back and stopping me from stepping into my destiny. And, and they were trapped. They're trapped on every side. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been in that place. I've been there. And it's so scary when you're in that place. It's so scary to know what to do. And now add to that the fact that suddenly Pharaoh and his army come in pursuit against them. And they're coming after them. And now the the fear is ramped up even more. Now suddenly they've got nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, nowhere to go. And there is an army that is coming out against them. And again, the Bible's fascinating what it says about this because it says that Pharaoh comes out with 600 chariots. Now six in, in for, for Jewish people, six is the number of man and the number of like fallen man in all of his fullness. And a hundred is the number of strength. So what we see here is a complete onslaught against them of the enemy coming out full force, coming out with everything that he's got against them, coming out against them, we're not holding anything back. And there they are, and now they are shaking in their boots. They have no idea what to do. They are in over their heads and out of their depth. And in that moment, they cry out to God and they're like, God, help us. God, do something about the situation. Come and help us, God. And, and, and that's what we do, isn't it? When we find ourselves in that situation, we're like, God, where are you? Ah, God, you see Pharaoh's coming. The Egyptians are coming. I've got nowhere to go. I've got nowhere to run. I've got nowhere to hide. God, do something. And they're afraid. And, they're, and, and Moses responds in this incredibly bold and beautiful way. Moses responds to them. And he says this, he says, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Do not be afraid. And Jo said this morning, she's talking about how the Bible uses that that, that promise 365 times. Isn't that amazing? Because every day we need to hear that promise, don't we? Every day we need to hear God saying, don't be afraid. Do you notice that God never says to them, 
that he never tries to be unreal about the situation. He, he realises that they're afraid and they should be afraid. But he says, don't let that stop you. We must not let our fear define us or confine us. And Moses says, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never see you again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You know, neuroscientists, they tell us that when we, when we get afraid, the, the amygdala in our brain, the, the, the part in our brain that, that causes adrenaline to pump through our body, it it's, goes into overtime. When we get afraid, it like ramps up and we have a number of different ways that we'll respond when we're afraid. We either become paralysed and, and, and that's not much good, is it? If you've got a, like a snake coming after you or something, you become paralysed, that's not really going to help you. The next thing that we do sometimes is we, it turns on our, our ability to either kind of fight or flight. So either we will respond in a way that is inappropriate or we will run away in a way that is inappropriate. Now imagine if they'd have run in that moment, they were trapped on every side. They, they, there could have been some of them that thought, well, let's just run for the sea anyway. Let's just dive in and make a swim for it, right? But how many of you know that was gonna be a really, really bad idea? They could have thought, and many of them did, let's go back, let's go back to Israel, back to Egypt. And that can sometimes be our response as well, can't it? When things aren't quite going our way, when things don't seem to be happening the way that we believe that God said they would happen, sometimes we think, well, let's just, let's just go back to how it was before. Let's not be as passionate as we were. Let's not, let's not take God at His Word like we did. Let's, let's run back again. And that's what some of them wanted to do. And they forgot so quickly everything that God had already done on their behalf. And you know, fear will cause us to retreat. And despair will cause us to fall down. And presumption will cause us to run ahead of God. And sometimes the very best thing that we can do is be still. Sometimes the very best thing that we can do is say, God, I haven't got this. God, this is beyond my control. And we just stop. And you know that word there where, God, where Moses tells them to be still, it doesn't mean to be apathetic. It doesn't mean to not do anything. It actually means to take your battle stance. You know, in Ephesians 6, Paul says, having done all to stand, stand therefore, stand therefore, having done everything, this is your stance. This is your place of faith. What I have said will come to pass. What I have done before, I will do it again. So stand Israel. Do not be afraid. Do not run. Do not retreat. Stand church. Stand in the sure assurance that God is with you, that He is on your side, that He will bring you through. I wonder if they, if they heard in their spirit, I love that song and I think we're going to sing it later, but that, 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 that sound where it, it says, I've seen you move. You've moved the mountain and I believe that you're going to do it again. I believe that you are going to do it again, God. And they're told to stand still. And then God says to Moses, says to Moses, Moses, why are you crying out to me? So it's like there's this incredible thing going on here where Moses puts all of the responsibility on God and then God 
turns it around and puts all the responsibility back on Moses. And I think so often we, 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 our prayers and our cry to the Lord is, God, do something about my situation. God, can't you see? I need your help. And God turns around and goes, no, 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 no. You do something about it. You do something, Moses. Moses, I've told you I'm gonna be with you. I've told you that I'm gonna bring you through. This is just a small barrier. In the eyes of God, that ocean that looked like such an impassable, insurmountable barrier was nothing. That was nothing to God. And so God says to Moses, no, you do something. Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the waters so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And I love this. Because you know, way back, we learned, didn't we, that Moses in Exodus chapter three and four, Moses meets God. He has this encounter with the Lord Most High and God says to him, Moses, what have you got in your hand? And Moses just got a staff of wood. This is just like, this is they, his, his, his work tools. This is like what he's used to shepherd the sheep of his, his father-in-law, Jethro. We know things are bad for Moses, right? I mean, he's been there for 40 years in the wilderness. He doesn't even have his own sheep. He's shepherding the sheep of Jethro, right? And th- this staff is what he's used to shepherd the sheep. And God says, Moses, that thing in your hand, that thing that you think is insignificant, that, that thing that you think is not worth anything, I want you to give it to me, Moses. Will you give that to me? I think God's saying to some people here tonight, you know, that thing in your hand, that thing that you have, that you think is so insignificant, you have no idea what I can do if you throw that before me, if you surrender that before me, I will do wonders with it and wonders with you. And God was gonna do some incredible things with that staff. But first of all, as Moses throws it down, it turns into a serpent. It probably turned into what he was most afraid of. And so often when we give what we have to God, it turns into what we are most afraid of. And God says, okay, Moses, now take it up again. And Moses has to go and he has to grab a hold of that staff and he has to take it again. And God says to us, you know, I want you to give what you are and what you have to me. I want you to push all of your chips to the middle of the table. If we're trying to live the Christian life with one foot in and one foot out or just paddling in the shallows, we are gonna be frustrated. We are gonna be confused and we're gonna be empty. God says, jump. He says, jump two feet in. Just go for it with everything you've got. And so God would use that staff over and over again to confront Pharaoh. And here Moses is again, and he has this staff in his hand. And God says again to Moses, take what you've got, take what I've given you and lift it up as an offering before me. I read something fascinating about the shepherd's staff that, um, and Bedouins do this now, but even more so shepherds in this time, when they had a victory, they would etch a line on their staff. And that line would remind them of the time when God delivered them from the lion or from the bear, or when they recovered a sheep that had been lost in the wilderness. And all of those lines on the staff were remembrances of God's victory. There were times when God had come through for them. And so what God was essentially saying to Moses is, Moses, lift up the testimony. Lift up what I have done. Lift up where I have been faithful in your life. Lift it up over your barrier. Lift it up over your obstacle and watch what I am going to do. 
And as Moses lifts up that, 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 that staff of wood, that ordinary thing that has become extraordinary in the hands of God, that natural thing that has become supernatural in the hands of God, the waters begin to open. And there's this incredible partnership between the divine and mankind, between the supernatural and even nature, because the wind comes and blows and opens up the, the Red Sea and they begin to walk through and they make it to the other side of that barrier, that impassable barrier. And then God closes the water in on their enemies because you see, God doesn't want to just take us in over our heads and out of our depth just so that we can be victorious. He wants to do it as well because He wants to show us that He is the God that drowns our fears. He is the God that drowns those strongholds and those things within our lives. I wonder whether it was difficult for Moses when God said, stretch out your hand and I will cause the water to come back back again. Because we've got to remember that those were His people as well. Those Egyptians were His people as well. And isn't it true that so often it is a hard thing for us to allow God to completely destroy those things that hold on to us, those things from our past. Sometimes we don't want to let go. And yet God is saying, will you let it go? Will you let it go? And the waters come crashing down and God destroys forever from that point on those enemies that Israel have faced. They would never see them again, the Bible says. And rabbis and scholars have speculated about the fact that their bodies would have washed up on the shore. And it's very likely that the Israelites would have taken the weapons from the bodies of those Egyptians and used them in their future battles against the Amalekites, against the Amorites and against those different people. So often, the weapons that the enemy uses, the attacks that he tries to bring against us are the very thing that God will give to us into our hands for us to fight battles of the future. When, when David brought down Goliath, when that personal victory became a corporate blessing to Israel, David went up to Goliath and he took Goliath's sword and he cut Goliath's head off. And for the rest of his days, David would fight with the sword of his greatest enemy from his past. And I think there's some people here today Tonight. And I, I'm going to say it like I felt God tell me to say it. You need to get in the enemy's face tonight and you need to say to him, you thought that I was out of my depth. You thought that I was in over my head. Well, I want to tell you something, devil. You are in out of your depth and you are in over your head if you think that you are any match to Yahweh and to the armies of heaven. Some of you need to get in his face and say, that is it, no more. And let those waters come crashing down behind you. Because I believe God wants to say, you tonight, you will not see their face again. You will not see those things holding you down or holding you back anymore. If you believe that, and if you want to see that in your life, I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet. Let's stand up and let's begin to worship God, just like they worshiped when they got on the other side of the water, when they were there and they saw their enemies defeated. Because our God is a God who frees us 100%. So whatever it is right now, Whatever your Red Sea is right now, whatever it is that is going on, I just want to believe tonight that God is going to cause us to go in out of our depths and in over our heads. And that is the place where we will see God's power. That is where we will see His glory. And that is where we will see His victory. So Lord, I just pray right now, we welcome You, God. We thank You that You're in this place. Holy Spirit, we just pray and declare freedom right now. 
And we pray, Lord God, that you would begin to move some mountains. We pray, Lord God, that we would remember what you have done and that we would raise up the testimony tonight. And we would raise it up before your face, Lord God. We would raise it up in the enemy's face. And we will say, the God who brought us through will lead us on. The God who has been victorious in our past will be victorious in our future. And whatever we are facing right now, we command those things to bow their knee to the name of Jesus. Whether sickness, whether disease, whether stronghold, whether oppression, whatever it might be, we command it to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. And we say we will not hold back. We push all of our chips to the middle of the table. And God, we step in to the ocean and we will walk through on dry land. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.